Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Limit Jumper podcast. I'm your host, J-Man. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, we have uh, an in-arena host, a uh, sports reporter, uh, a woman of many names, uh, Bailey Smith. Bailey Smith, how are you doing? Hey, thanks so, so much for having me on here. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So, uh, for, I want to kick things off. I just have to ask, um, you're from Indiana, correct? I am, born and raised in southern Indiana. So to anyone who doesn't know, uh, who d- doesn't know what it means, uh, can you explain what it means to be a Hoosier? Well, first and foremost, you love where you're from, and you're an enormous basketball fan. So basically, a Hoosier is just what you make it. There is no actual term. So basically, a Hoosier is someone from Indiana, and I think that you know you love you love everything about Indiana. And have you watched the movie? Obviously. Yeah, of course. I don't think that you could be a Hoosier if you haven't seen Hoosiers. <laughs> exactly. Um, so being a sports reporter and having that uh, sports background, um, when was the first moment you realized that you wanted to be in the sports world? I grew up, okay, I'm sure being from New England, you've seen the movie Fever Pitch. Yes. Correct? Okay, so you know how crazy he is about his sports. Yeah. That's that's the kind of family that I grew up in. So. My dad, my uncles, my grand, my grandpas, my, even my my mom and my sisters, everybody are sports fanatics. So I grew up. Uh, our family vacations were based around which baseball parks we could visit, and uh, you know which sports arenas we could go to. Not necessarily just baseball, but everything in our life was shaped around sports. So I knew I had to do something in sports, following you know everybody's footsteps. I guess was just loving the game, and when I got into high school, I started an internship with my, with the college in my hometown. And I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to further my career in athletics. Any uh, particular signs that led to you? I know you said that you have a a fever pitch was, that was like what your family (laughs) like. Did you have any signs that pointed in that direction? Like, Hey, I want to go down broadcasting, writing, any? I always thought that I wanted to be in the background. I started out as a marketing Uh, I wanted to do marketing because I wanted to follow what my my older sister did. You know, that's what many of us do. We see what our siblings do or whatever. And and she was doing marketing and I thought that was great. So that's what I started as. And I thought I wanted to do sports marketing. And then I saw a girl who was the in arena host for the IU football team. And I had to follow her around for a day. And I thought, you know, I can do that. So that's kind of the aha moment when I thought, you know, I don't want to be behind the scenes. I want to be in front of the scenes. I want to be the person doing the sports reporting. And as you started your career, what were some challenges you faced along the way? You face challenges in the sports career basically every day. So it's, it's, it's really hard to get into this field. I think that people think you just, you want it. So you have it. I think the biggest thing is standing out among everybody else because there are, you know, a million people in one job. So making sure that you stand out and that you are the best person for that job, because it is about who you know, and it is about, uh, more, you know, just as much as it is about um, how good you are at it. So I think that that's one thing is making sure that you don't kind of fall behind. And I know, especially during the coronavirus times, it's kind of hard where you just kind of sit back because nothing's really going on. But it's one of those challenges where you need to step up and make sure that you don't, you know, get forgot- forgotten about. <laughs> I think and, that would be the, the biggest challenge. And what, what in, your, in your own words, what do you think makes you stand out above the rest? I think I, 
I guess I would say my, my passion and my, uh, my drive. I know what I want and I know to what to do to go after it. I, I guess I can say I have been one of those people that's kind of fallen back a little bit during this time, but you know, you, everybody gets a little bit, um, a little bit unmotivated or, you know, a little discouraged. And then you just have to remember to get yourself back out there to really get to what you want. So I think that doing that and I feel like I'm a really personable person. So I think that I, I think personally, I do a good job of trying to get to know the person uh, that to get to where I want to get, need to get. I feel many, uh, <laughs> I feel like many reporters don't have that sense of passion and drive like you do. And uh, when you say that you want to get to know that person, I think that's a quality that people lack a lot. And my next question is as a reporter, how important is it to be prepared and do your homework? Extremely important. I, um, back to college, I, I took a class. Um, it was a, like a sports 101 reporting kind of class. And maybe not even reporting. It was marketing, I think. But um, I had to do an interview on, uh, like, not on the screen, but on, um, on a stage in a 200-person lecture. And I got chosen to do this interview. And it was a mock interview with our professor. And it was to get a job with um, Nike. And it was me and two other people, and I ended up winning it because everybody in the class was surprised at how well I knew the background of everything to do with Nike. So the person who I was having a mock interview with, I did my homework on that person and knew you know, their whole background and the background of the entire company and made sure to, to, to let that out in my interview. And I ended up getting the, the fake job in the, in the class because that stood out among everybody else. So I think that you, know, you could apply that to your everyday life because when you do your homework, people are impressed by that and they remember, they remember that. So then they, they know they want you for the job because you, you know, you took the extra time to show that you care. Yeah. And I definitely have noticed that uh, when I'm watching you uh, interview players and I've noticed in your reporting that you're a very well-spoken when speaking to the players and speaking to kids or whoever it may be. So as someone who struggles with this, how long did it take you to feel comfortable behind a microphone? Oh, man. I, I would say a couple years of doing the job. I, I sometimes still get a little bit of, ner of nerves. Um, you know, even sitting here talking to you today, you get a little nervous. But I just have to remember that if you mess up, you're human. So people would much rather you see you mess up, laugh at yourself, and, and go on than to see you be kind of like a robot. So I just kind of have that mentality. And I obviously sit back before I do an interview or before I do uh, a game day rundown or a, a free game report or anything and go through it in my head, but also have backup ways of doing things so that I don't make it come off like I'm reading something and sound like a robot. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it took me a while, but I just kind of just had to forget about the fear and overcame it. Have you ever had a moment where you slipped up and kind of played it off or had a yes. moment? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember one specifically where I I could not remember this one line for the life of me and it I froze. And I had to be I had to do a read. It was at a Celtics game and I um I was reading something to do with a, a, a contest where you could travel with the team for the Christmas game, I believe is what it was. And the name of the contest I completely blanked and I seriously it felt like I stood there for like 10 seconds but I bet it was about a second and I looked down at my cue card 
that I had with me and I, I got it out and I, I walked off the court afterwards and somebody looked at me and went, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. And I just started crying and they're like, it's okay. And so now, you know, after that, they're like, it's okay. You got through it. You're fine. And I'm sure nobody else except for me remembers that day. So that's kind of what happens whenever I mess up or something. Just got, I remember just to laugh it off and no one else is going to remember it. And Unless I'll- it's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely, um, I haven't had any experiences with that, but I've definitely had experiences where I'm, I'm talking to people in interviews and I slip up or I'm even on my podcast and I say something completely out of the ordinary, but it, I tied it right back to make sense. So that's kind of funny. Um, yeah. So um, I've noticed on your resume that you've um, had some experience at Indiana University and uh, with the Indiana Pacers being an MC. So for people who are listening right now who don't really know what an MC is. Can you go into the, go into depth and explain what that is? Sure. So I do get a lot of questions, but about what is that? So the way I say it is, so I say I'm the in arena host. So basically I do the in-game reporting up on the big screen. And then I break it down again and say, you know, when you go to a game, there's the big screen and during the timeouts and half times and before and after the game, a person comes up on the microphone and talks to you. That's me. So that's the easy way of saying it. So I do, Anything from, as you've said, interviews with players before or after the game or doing a pregame report, breaking down what happened in the previous game and and saying how that could tie into the upcoming game and who were playing that time, um, to advertisements and promotions and games on the court. So basically, anything you can think of that somebody might relay to you in arena, that's what I do. And uh, can you explain the day-to-day operations? That sounds like a lot of work that you you do on a daily basis. Uh, Can you just go in the depth of what uh, you do on a day-to-day? Sure. So my bosses send me over a breakdown of the quote-unquote script. So it's just um, every single thing that that happens during a game, Um, whether it's what the PA announcer is going to say or whether it's what I'm going to say or if it's going to be a video up on the board. It's just a breakdown of every single thing. So I get that about a day or two in advance and it just basically tells me the bullet points of what we're going to be doing. Some things do have scripts we have to memorize and some things are just ad lib. So I get that about a day day or two in advance. um, So I can, I can write my, my pregame report because obviously, you know, you have to be prepared and you know what is going on, you know, who who we're playing or who we just played. So you can, uh, you know, not stand there and look like you don't know what you're doing. So then the day of, I have to get to a game about, three hours in advance. Um, I share a locker room with the cheerleaders. So we all sit there and get ready and go over what's, what's going to happen during the day. I go up to the production room and have a meeting with the rest of the production crew. Same thing. We go through it. We break it down bit by bit so that everything runs smoothly. So you might think, Oh yeah, everything looks really fun out there, but it is meticulous. There are so many people doing so many jobs to make sure that it comes off perfectly without you know, missing a beat. Uh, so that's about an hour and a half before tip off. And then I go back downstairs and then start immediately doing our pregame hits. So we'll do a couple things on the concourse and we do things on the court. Some are live. A couple of them are pre-recorded, but most of our things are live. And then that leads up into the game and then, um, depends on what our schedule is from then on out. But that's basically how the pregame works. And then we go through the game and then uh, clo- if, if we're looking like we're going to win, then we write down our top three players of who we want to interview. 
And then about a minute or two before the game ends, or depending on, you know, how it's going, you find out who you're going to interview, go on, do the post-game interview, and that's about it. Wraps it up. So it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. Um, but given what's been going on for the past few months with the pandemic, how has that kind of changed your career as of right now? You are tuning in to the No Limit Jumper podcast, where there is no limit to what is talked about. Thank you for your support. And for more information, news, updates, and everything like that, please visit www.nolimitjumper.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at No Limit Jumper. As of right now, I am not working. Um, I am still doing some things here and there for the seas. So we'll do, um, you know, we, we did a Black Lives Matter and a, um, a Pride Month PSA where everybody did a Zoom call and we, we read a script and they put it all together and they put that out on social media. Um, but besides that, I haven't had much that I've been required to do, um, especially with the teams being down in Orlando and nobody being allowed to be down there. We're just all kind of um, just waiting to see what the next steps are with the pandemic. I did have a job as well at a radio station um, and then, and nobody is allowed to be in the, uh, in the office for that during this time either. So I am enjoying my time with my, my cats <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> so in the meantime, how do you keep yourself busy? Um, a lot of crafts, been doing a lot of puzzles and <laughs> silly things like that. Um, I, have gone home to Indiana a couple times. My sister had a baby and don't worry anybody who's listening. I was very careful. I did my 14 day quarantine. And once I got to Indiana, I quarantined more before I got to meet the baby. Um, and you know, little things here and there, like having a friend over or something and having a bonfire, but still socially distancing and going up to visit my uh, boyfriend's brother in Maine and stuff like that. So things not to make ourselves go crazy, but to still stay safe during this time. Yeah, absolutely. It is a tough time for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I kind of want to know is obviously you had experience at Indiana university, then you went to the Indiana Pacers. What mm -hmm. led you to uh, be a host for the Boston Celtics? So I was working full time for the Indiana University football team. Um, I was in the office and I was also making videos for their website as well as hosting for the Pacers. Um, about a year into that job, I got a job offer with the, the White Sox in Chicago and I, I moved everything up there and worked with them for two seasons. And then um, I just, it was just time for another place because I needed to, you know, do another thing where I could add more to my resume and the Celtics job had had that availability for me. So I auditioned and got the job and made the big move all the way to Boston. And I love it here. So have you ever had one of those aha moments when you're going into interviewing a player and you're just like, Oh my God, it's Jason Tatum or Oh my God, it's Jalen Brown. And how do you kind of compose yourself when you're trying to be a reporter, but inside you're just like, Oh my God, I'm interviewing someone. So the biggest one I had was, was going onto the court to interview Taco Fall. And it was his first ever NBA appearance. And that was the game, you know, I'm sure everybody knows which game I'm talking about, the one right before Christmas. And I, 
I remember being shaky and being so nervous and I was like so excited to be able to interview him. And I had to just, I mean, I, I could have fun with it because it was a big game. He just got in. Everybody was so excited. The crowd was you know, screaming for him and chanting. And you, as I said, you probably remember that game. So I knew I could at least have fun. With it. And, and the interviews that I do have, they're, they're broadcasted in arena. So they're for the fans. So at least I, I'm allowed to, to have fun with it and ask them more about, you know, how does it feel to be in front of these fans and to, to have all of this excitement and everything. So rather than it being more serious and, um, Oh no, you, you lost, you know, we only do the interviews when we win. So they're, they're happy, they're fun and they're, they're upbeat. So I can maintain my composure because I, I know that I'm at least having fun with it. If that, if that makes sense to you. No, it definitely does. And it seems like uh, when you're interviewing players on the court, it kind of goes really fast paced. Like how many, how much time do you have to, and how many questions can you ask? It's about a minute. I ask about three to four questions every single time. The first one, as I said, since it's in front of the fans, is always based off of the fans because it's a it's a way to get the fans pumped up and really make sure that they're drawn in and they're watching. So it's just about a minute because as soon as the game is over, that's basically all people are going to watch and then they're going to be filtered out of the arena. And um, have you ever imagined in a million years you'd be in the career you're in and uh, how much do you love it? I think if I, if I look back, you know, 20 years ago when I was a little kid, no, I wouldn't be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be interviewing NBA players. But then 10 years ago, whenever I was starting out college, you know, that's, that's when I knew that's what I wanted to be doing. So I think I could say from basically from when I started my adulthood and when I started really knowing what I do, what I would want to do in my career, did I know this is where I would be? No, but I knew I, this what I wanted. And I love it so much. I, it's, it's just so much fun every single day. There's something new. It's the thrill and the excitement of being able to stand there and go, Oh my goodness. I am so lucky and so fortunate to be able to stand on the infamous parquet floor and, you know, see these people who everyone is looking up to and I get to associate with them and interview them and make a difference in these fans lives and make them have a fun time at the game. So when someone else goes home and they remember back on the game, I, you know, I get to be a part of that experience and make sure that they had a blast. That's awesome. That's a, that's a really great answer. Um, so you've had experience in baseball, basketball, football. Um, what's the mm -hmm. biggest difference between the three sports and, or are they all the same? Um, well, obviously baseball is more slow paced. <laughs> so that one was working. It, it was a little different. you know, top, middle, or bottom of the inning. So um, you, you just kind of had to, I guess you could say pay a lot closer attention because you might not, if you're looking away, you might not realize that they just made um, made a double play and, oh my gosh, you're up. You got to get on top of the dugout right now. So it was more, I guess, those little things that you had to pay attention to because it is a slower paced game. Basketball, you know, you could probably be turned around and you, you hear, you hear the buzzer. So, you know, Oh, that's, that's when I go. Um, same thing with football. Um, but yeah, I think those would be the, the main differences is just the, the pace and obviously the, the different levels of excitement. And is there one sport that you uh, lean more towards? 
I used to say baseball because my dad was a high school baseball coach. I got to hang out in the dugout when I was a little kid and I loved it. Still do love it. But now that I'm um, back working in the NBA, there's just nothing like it. There is just something about the excitement and the fast pace and everything with the fans being so close to you. I love basketball. And obviously I'm a Hoosier. Who doesn't love basketball as a Hoosier? No, basketball is a really good sport. I'm not trying to be biased, but. I saw that that's your favorite sport too, isn't it? I love basketball. <laughs> um, it's, it's the best. A, yeah. A quote that always resonates with me is sometimes you have to do the things you don't want to do in order to do the things that you want to do. Have you ever experienced mm-hmm. this and how difficult was it to push yourself through those times? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, you have to, um, you have to do the, the, the games or the, um, promotions that you don't really feel like doing, but you got to remember, you know, this is my job. I'm sure that with, within every single job, every single person has a day where they don't want to do something, but you remember, you know, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm getting paid for. And, and I know that, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because, or I'm going to do it because I'm, I'm a good employee and I want to get to, you know, the the next step and, and be on good, good graces with everybody that I work with. And, um, and, you know, be a good worker. So and if you, to be a good reporter, you know, you have to do the things that you don't want to do. So I wouldn't say that there's been too much because I just kind of take everything with, as I'm, you know, honored to be able to do it. But I, I can see where it could, you could be in with, with any um, career that you're doing, there is something that you don't want to do, but you have to, you do it because you love your job. Absolutely. And not, not a lot of people can say that about their career. But I'm glad that uh, you've had a great experience and that you're very passionate and you love what you do. But lastly, anyone who's trying to get to where you are, go down the same field path as you are, do you have any advice for them? I always say the squeaky oil gets the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So you might feel like you're you're being annoying to somebody, but is you have to show that you're passionate about it. So one the the way that I got my first job with the was going to one of those um, uh, job fairs and I was the very last person. I stayed after. I asked as many questions as I could. I even walked out with one of the guys uh, as we walked out of the arena because I was the very last person and I stayed there and he remembered me, gave me his business card, invited me to shadow him. So be the person who shows the most passion because it's going to get you to where you want to be and remember those people and, and stay in, in contact with them because networking is everything. But most of all, love what you do. Yeah, definitely. Love what you do. That's very important. And um, uh, just last question. Um, So given all your experiences uh, throughout uh, high school, college, professionally, is there one experience in general that sticks with you that that says, like, this is why I'm doing this? This is why I'm proud of what I do? One experience. Sorry, I know I know you're editing this, so I know that you can at least. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Sorry, give me a second to think about that. Mm. Yes. Okay, I was standing on the field at at a White Sox game, and I looked over and I saw a little kid with a poster, and he was standing down trying to get an interview or uh, sorry, excuse me, um, an autograph from Todd Frazier, I believe is who it was at the time. And it said like, um, 
four tickets, you know, let's say $600. And then a baseball jersey, $150. And then snacks and drinks, you know, $80. And then it was like getting to be at my favorite baseball team's game or something like that, priceless. So just seeing that and, and seeing how much somebody spent to be able to have that experience and how excited that little kid was to be standing there and to be meeting his favorite baseball player just really showed me like, you know, this is, this is why I love sports because little kids can look up to people and they have their heroes and they can, you know, that's, I'm sure that little kid is going to remember that day forever. So I got to witness that and knowing that I work in, in that field where somebody gets to, you know, follow their dreams or, or meet their, their idols. And it, it feels really good to know that um, I did something to contribute to that. That's, that's, that's really awesome. Not a lot of like, not a lot of reporters come on here and say the things that you have said today, but uh, Bailey, thank you so, so much for taking the time to, to talk to me. I didn't, I didn't even expect you to respond to me, but uh, oh, no. taking the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a lot of fun and I've really enjoyed looking at your, your Instagram and your website and reading all about how much you love basketball and how much you love talking about how sports impact people in different ways. And it's been an honor being on here. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. Stay safe.